I'm Adam Hergenrother, and this is Business Meets Spirit Chatter. We believe in personal growth through business success today. Hallie and I are going to jump into the wonderful topic of alcohol. It's funny how we did this. That was actually good synchronization right there. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's been interesting because there's this whole, um, there's this kind of whole uh, kind of movement right now. Uh, which is really just kind of a sidestep to the actual real conversation that we want to have uh, about alcohol because of the study that came out. But there seems to be this whole movement right now of this kind of sober initiative, right? Mm -hmm. And you kind of see it. You see it in people. Like I even see some of my friends doing it. Um, it's uh, and it, I don't I don't know really what the genesis is behind it. I don't know if it's more of a movement or if people are actually doing it from the health or they're doing a little bit of both or they're just waking up and realizing that which we're going to get into in this study about mm -hmm. the the kind of negative effects of alcohol. I think there could be an argument that could be made. And, and by the way, you and I are not here to tell anybody what to do with their life. We're not going to tell them. In fact, I probably won't stop drinking from this conversation. Yeah, I feel I like you're actually more emphatic about it than I am. Like, yes, you're like, I, I am going to drink my red wine still. And I'm it, like, well, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Um, but so I think a little bit during the pandemic, some things happened. And I don't know if this is 100% true or not, but I like with most things, things happened during the pandemic. I, I would, I don't have any stats on it, but I do believe that alcohol increased. consumption increased yeah. it did well because remember alcohol sales were up dramatically that's right they were um but then probably over the past year or so that may have started or probably towards the end of the a lot of people quarantining they may have been like okay this is yeah. as much as with most things the pendulum swung so far one way it's gonna go back the other direction and so now people are taking those maybe sober break, initiatives yeah. or um 75 hard was has been really big i would say over the past five years or so and that's 75 days of no alcohol so that's like the catalyst for a lot of people to start doing um to just yeah. not drinking and then of course in the past year or so there's been all of these new products that have been developed tons of non-alcoholic craft cocktails yeah. um and so that's like a whole new thing that people can get obsessed about instead of just the, their rosé which was like yes. you know their rosé all day in the summer times actually really all year um and in getting into some kind of into something else yeah yeah it's really fascinating i um i went six to seven months or so a few years ago with stopping all alcohol and caffeine uh just to kind of see how I, and i enjoyed what i was nice it was kind of like elimination of things like we do this with mm -hmm. our project people elimination diets right and you kind of add things back in to see how your body kind of adjusts to it right and i for me like adding what i really realized i think at the time when i quit caffeine i think i was drinking two or three cups of caffeine a day mm -hmm. uh of coffee a day yeah. um uh, it was black, but I was still drinking it. And when I added it back, I realized my tolerance was really one cup. If I go above one cup while in the moment it feels good like it feels like oh, i feel this good if i just drink more like i'll just amplify this feeling and yeah. it doesn't really happen that way i get jittery and then i crash I, I i don't know what it is about my body but like everybody's different right but i definitely crash uh when if i have more than one cup of coffee uh and sometimes you know probably once or twice a year i end up breaking that and i'm like and then like three four hours later i'm always like why did i do that yeah. right it's just always one of those things anyway so i added that back in there and the same thing with alcohol i ended up adding um that back in there but really the conversation that i that i've been having we've been having with our project you folks we've been having in kind of online uh just this whole there's a new study that came out that really looked at what they would consider kind of low but chronic drinkers i think i think most people would probably agree that drinking 12 plus drinks a, you know a week 12 to 24 would be that's kind of like a it's heavy considered high consumption. high consumption of more than 12 drinks a week and by the way all of this is uh noted in terms of uh, 
it could be 12 in one day mm-hmm. and it could be spread out over seven days. But on average, yes. if 12, it's more than 12, 12 to 24, 12, yeah. 24 is kind of like high. I think most people say, yeah, of course, like drinking a case of beer, like that's a lot. And like they kind of have this idea, which is where I think a lot of Americans kind of like, well, I'm fine because I don't drink that amount. I drink a glass of wine a day. A day. Exactly. Whatever those maybe, type of things. Too. And I've heard red wine has good benefits to it, all these different things. Right. So, uh, which it does, but we're going to get into that in a second. So, and then they, so they did this study that came out and it's been kind of flying around the circles of the health world, um, which is, you know, personal growth is health and wellness in, in my world. And, and that's really important to us. And so we, we paid attention to this and really it's this low chronic, which shows seven to basically 12 drinks a, a week. Seven to ten, right? Uh, one to two drinks per day is considered low to moderate. Yeah, so, so we're talking about seven to fourteen. 14. Yes, yeah. that was close. You looked at me like I was way <laughs> off on that or something. I know, uh, sorry. Yeah, it's it's okay. Like no, se- right. yeah, yeah, seven to fourteen, seven to twelve. I think that's kind of like that reference point. Again, yes. I think you start getting over twelve or fourteen. That's considered that's heavy, high, high yeah. consumption. But I can think of a lot of people just in even my circles are like, yeah, I don't really have a problem with it. It's not a big thing. And I'm not saying that anybody does. I'm just right. they, you know, like, like oh, I have I, five, yeah, I've had five or six drinks a week or whatever. It's not a really big deal. They actually studied this, and it's it's really interesting. Um, what they but the difference ahead. I was going to say the difference being that it's chronic and what they mean by chronic is that it is consistent you consistently yes. do that over time yes it's, it's not, not like one you, week out of the year yeah out yeah. of the year one even one week a month quite honestly yeah. it's like you do it you know anywhere from three to seven to ten drinks per week week after week after week is considered that low that that's what the new study is shown can also cause this this degenerative effects yes. That the same as the high consumption does. Exactly. And this is the new information yes, that, that we're going to talk about. Perfect. Thanks for clarifying that. It's like, it does have, uh, has uh, irreversible essentially effects when you have this chronic amount of alcohol for it. Um, for And we're going to get into that, what yeah. it is. So but what is alcohol anyways, right? It's alcohol actually passes into the cells in the tissues of your body directly and easily, which is why you start to feel the effects Really quickly, quickly. especially mm-hmm. if you ever notice if you're drinking on an empty stomach, you feel it much faster because there's nothing to absorb it to slow it down, right? There's actually a myth that, and they talk about this in study, that if you eat uh, before, it'll slow the consumption down, so it'll slow that down. But if you eat after you've already consumed it, yeah, it doesn't actually doesn't work. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like this, it may psychologically make you yeah. feel better, but like, it doesn't like all of a sudden, like, make you sober. Right, right. <laughs> like no, it, of course. It, it doesn't do it because it's already been absorbed by your body from those things. Um, and alcohol, which is ethanol, right, it causes substantial damage to the cells and is toxic to the body. So people understand this, that when you are drinking alcohol, you're, the reason why you feel loopy mm-hmm. is because you're actually poisoning your body. I don't know. Like, I kind of knew that. But for yes, some reason, when I listened to this podcast, I was like, oh, my gosh, that makes so much sense. It makes sense why you just like if you were taking, you know, something you ate a poisonous herb or a poisonous plant or something, you feel a little bit, you might feel a little bit loopy. If you take mushrooms, you're going to feel loopy, yeah. right? And then, and then you end up yes. throwing up because your body's trying to rid itself of mm-hmm. the toxin and of the poison. Um, and I'm just like, oh, why did I never think about alcohol in that way? <laughs> well, because you don't, you, people want to see it. And well, it's this. also just so socially so acceptable. acceptable. I know. Yeah. That's really what it is. Yeah. It's like marijuana. Like, I'm like, we don't, I don't know enough about marijuana, but like, Me it's neither. like, that's yeah. like anti, like somebody's like, oh my God, somebody's smoking weed over there. I'm like, it's legal. Like yeah. it's legal over there. Like, but I can't believe they're doing it while they're drinking a glass of alcohol. And it's like, it's just so funny to see like how we think about things that are so socially acceptable. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying one's right or wrong. I'm just saying that no, it's legal there. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, and sorry. I was going to just continue that. It's not really the ethanol that's getting into your 
I mean, it is, but it's how the ethanol is being transformed in yes. your body. That's really the big issue. And what is that transformed into? Um, acetahide? Something like that. Acetaldehyde, yeah. yeah. Which is the poison, the actually yes. what it is. All you need to know is that big word, it's actually just poison, right? And then it yes. transforms to... Acetate. Exactly. And if your body can't do it fast enough, it builds and causes up additional damage of the of the tissues in, in yeah. the liner. Well, and we were talking about the fact that acetate is the it's the yes. su- substance that you use to like remove nail polish. <laughs> it's the substance that you use to like clean paint br- like paint off of paintbrushes. Um, and so that's actually like what's in our body. Yeah, because it, it transforms into, into that. that. And we would never you would never just like take a bottle of nail acetate polish acetate and start drinking it. And yes, drink it. but that's what it transforms. And then what happens when it actually starts to do that? Um, it actually starts to to uh, kill all. And it, people are like, well, alcohol is good because it kills the bacteria. It's true. It does kill the bad bacteria in your stomach, but also kills all the good bacteria as well. So it actually is indiscriminate into what bacteria kills. When it turns to acetate, it starts to de- literally destroy all the, the bacteria that is used to fight off things. And this is why what happened, what's leak, what's actually leading to it, which you see in a lot of people is leaky gut and that leaky gut's getting a lot of its own mainstream news right now, because what leaky gut is basically, um, it's, 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 it's bacteria leaking into your system. Well, I mean, gut health is actually like the most important type of health. Yes, because it fights off everything. It, your yeah, immune like systems handles like, everything. Hands, cancer yeah. cells trying to yeah. form all those different things. Right. So when you're when you have this chronic amount of acetate going into your body, it's just constantly killing out all of these bacteria, which is again causing things to not be caught and, and bacteria leaking out into your gut. Uh, it can certainly be a challenge from there. Um, obviously alcohol is empty calories. There is zero nutrient um, or nutrients value to that as, to, as well. To the acetate, to the acetate right? so you're itself. Nothing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and when we kind of have our notes here, it's like being drunk is actually a poison induced disruption to your brain body. Yes. <laughs> it is like, brain that's, and body, yeah. that's, I keep telling people like every, even every time. So I, after we kind of started talking about this last couple of weeks, I, I, I did, I've had, and I'll kind of share my protocol for this kind of interesting, okay. but I had a glass of wine. And I was like, man, I'm just poisoning my body right now. I, like, know, I, I, I just can't almost help. Like it's just, I was talking to Bill about that too. And I was giving him the whole spiel about this is poison and he just kind of looked at me and was like, I'm going to go have a beer now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah. And what they found is that alcohol has been reducing the thickness of the brain. Right. Which they knew was, yes. uh, happened with that high consumption with those kind of effects yes. on the neurocortex and on the brain. But what they have found is that it's also that low consumption. I wonder if they didn't, they, like people hadn't studied this for a while because almost they didn't want to know the facts from it. I mean, I don't know, because they always wanted to do hide, but yeah, Possibly, I don't know. Possibly, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it also causes uh, cellular stress and damage. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's preventing all of these things in themselves don't necessarily cause major issues. What they do is what's the damage that's causing that the body can't run normally. It would be like if you're driving a car and you stab your tire with a knife every day trying to drive your car, you're, you're fixing a flat tire. Does the car run? Yeah, sure, it runs. But now he's got a flat tire and there's going to be other problems that occur in this. Your axle is going to go out. Your suspension is going to be weird. You're going to have to buy more tires to go on this different things. The whole car can be alignment. It's going to burn more gas miles. So you you see the chronic effect from this is that it's not just it's not in isolation when it breaks down these other components of the body the body can't function regularly and that's why it leads to other symptoms like leaky gut and and different issues that are actually being extrapolated from brain fog yeah, all those they just brain damage, d- to, damage your brain, to your brain plaque buildup like yeah i actually read this um 
and in multiple mainstream publications, I think last week where it said 55% of all cancers could have been prevented last. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And they, and it wasn't just alcohol, but alcohol is a big one on there, Mm -hmm. but it was like diet, like what people are eating, smoking, lack of exercise, stress and, and alcohol. Yeah. And it's just like, and then obviously not having proper checkups, mm. um, because proper checkups are one of the easiest can, ways can to be able to, something. yes, it catches like a, if there's 620,000 deaths a year doing like a colonoscopy or something along those lines, it, just the scope that when people go in there can look to see at those cancers. And I think it was about 180,000 of those deaths were related to, um, being able to actually see if they were a problem, if you did it like every one to three years, mm-hmm. just, we haven't yeah. caught up to that yet. So anyways, the whole topic of well, things to your point that the alcohol, um, even when you're not drinking, it creates so many problems, including stress specifically. Yeah. And actually what's really interesting about that is, um, this, this guy was having, uh, this guy that I, I was riding with, uh, his, he's over like 105 days of celebrating sobriety. So it was just interesting mm. the whole thing. And he's like, look, I didn't like, he's like, I enjoy it. I'm not, I'm not waving the sober flag. I'm not like trying to push it on social media. Like this is my thing. He's like, I was having anxiety and stress. And then somebody told me like, Hey, you notice? And he was like a low to chronic drinker. He said, you know, every body is a little bit different. So if you're experiencing this anxiety and he was like trying to do different forms of different help for it and he stopped drinking and went away. It literally just went away. And he, and he said like, not everyone feels that. And that's why the, right. when you listen to people that talk about alcohol, everybody is a little bit different. Like that's why I gave the example of coffee. Some people can drink coffee and not crash and not be it. They can drink it at seven o'clock. I don't know if that's a built immunity or whatever that is. Everybody is a little bit different. So you got to understand this, but for him, literally that load of chronic drinking had this low level of anxiety that would always just be there no matter what. And so I think I think that alcohol and in general, I forget the, 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 the scientific breakdown of how that happens. Um, we can reference a very good long podcast if you want to listen to people who actually know the science behind yeah, this. Yeah, the We're science. just bringing this to your knowledge on like kind of like a mainstream level of just like understanding what you're doing yeah. to your body. And just thinking, thinking about it. Yeah, it's just health. Yeah. It's just health, right? And even like, I, like I was telling people, I'm like, you know, hey, maybe you even cut out 50% of your alcohol or one day you decide not to drink like mm-hmm. it's better right that's that's mm-hmm. what we're doing we're, we're helping we're helping that as well there um so what does alcohol really do to your body and brain well we did talk about all the gut bacteria it kills good and bad it increases inflammation which that can be inflammation in the brain inflammation yes. in your joints and well this your body yes and so that that's also leads to cardiac disease because mm-hmm. the additional inflammation leads to plaque buildup that's what infl- plaque buildup is inflammation that's circulating through the body and it's stuck. So that plaque buildup then it causes strokes, it causes cardiovascular disease, which by the way is the number one cause of death in the United States. Uh, not just from alcohol, but it's certainly there. It's, there's other factors for those things as well too. But again, it increases inflammation. Also, it just prevents you from being a better athlete. If you want to, because look about, I, I always think of life in terms of you have lifespan and health span. Lifespan is the actual numeric number, date, time that you get to when your heart stops beating, right? We understand that. But we also understand there's this whole health component, like the, the health span, which is how good do I feel during my lifespan? Right. And so I think you want to, you want to, monitor both, right? I think there's, there's a probability that your lifespan can be here, but if you want to maximize your health span, meaning like, I don't mean just being able to not walk, right. Or like, you know, walking around with like a cane or something. I mean, like inflammation causes a lot of those issues long-term. And so if I, if you want a tailwind when you're later on, cause the probability is that you probably will reach eighties, right? That's just the probability. And I'm saying everybody is the probability and you're playing that probability. Then you want to make sure you have a tailwind as much as possible when you get into your sixties, seventies, eighties or nineties, uh, and what you can do there. Um, but that inflammation can certainly jump in there. 
Um, and because of alcohol's toxic, toxic, toxicity, sorry, yep. <laughs> it can alter your DNA and gene expression. And this was really big for women with breast cancer. Any one with breast cancer was yes. not just women. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was most, but pr- yes. I think predominantly it showed up in women. But yes, it would. Yeah, I think. But yes, it was. Well, that's at least how I heard it. So it's it, yeah, it's a significant can- cancer risk for men or and or women, particularly breast cancer for men and or women. And I think they said drinking alcohol increases between four and thirteen percent. I think so. It yeah. was between four and thirteen percent increase for breast cancer in men and women yes. just by drinking alcohol because of the gene expression. Well yes, and it affects and the modifications. And it affects your hormones. Yes. Which yeah, affects all that. Yeah. So like that that so again that alcohol is a significant cancer risk in particular obviously the breast cancer, but any any risk yep. that's there. Um Decre- I was going to say decreases testosterone over time, increases estrogen levels for men and, and women. Diminished sex drive, increased fat storage because of the different hormones not being able to regulate properly. So again, I use that example as a car. If you start hurt, if you start, you know, putting a different type of gasoline in there or like you put gasoline in there mixed with water, it's not going to run as properly. It doesn't mean, so it's like, it's not the other parts of it. It starts leaking into all the other parts. And that's what you're seeing with, that's what they're really measuring with alcohol is the, not the alcohol. And that's typically the case for a lot of things, right? I think COVID was that too, is right. COVID actually prevented the rest of the body of performing properly. And I think that's a lot of what actually, um, alcohol is doing is ruining other parts of the body over time. It's not like, again, they're very clear on, on this as well too, that, um, it's not one, if you do this one time or like back in college and you've stopped drinking, like your body actually can reverse the effects from this over, I think it said five to seven years approximately. Well, I mean, don't your cells regenerate every seven, yeah, every seven years? years. So anyway, basically so. If, so if you stop there, like people, cause people say, what happens in college? Cause everyone had different experiences <laughs> in college. And they said, yes, so you can certainly, you can fix those. Um, but if it's like a, this chronic, like you just, you, you, you don't stop this. It can have major effects again. One time, the, the the research actually is very clear that if you do this very minimally, it actually doesn't have any effect. Yes, and I just wanted to clarify that it's only one or two drinks a month will have li- little to negative to yes. no negative effects. Thank you. Which is really not very much. No, it's not. Yeah. So anything more than that, you're going to be in that low to moderate consumption. Yes. And or higher. Yeah. The research shows one to two drinks per month. So just right. understand what that looks like. However, I've kind of developed my own theory. Of course. <laughs> and uh, my kind of have the rule. I think I shared it with people yesterday. Like I have this thing of like, how do I keep it to like four or five a week? Because right. actually so the research the shows that uh, there's some, there's some evidence that that actually, um, if you listen to the, the rest of the human last podcast, the they yeah. talk about like anything below seven starts to increase your ability. It doesn't mean it goes away, but it starts to drop it. Sure. Right. right so that's right. what, that's what I mean. It doesn't so it's mean like, that there's no negative. No, it doesn't effects. mean there's no negative effects. Whereas the one to two a month has basically no. zero right, right. effects at all. Yeah. You just, it starts to drop off sure. right as you start to drop it sense. more and more um, from what that is of getting below that kind of seven average that they have. So I kind of was like looking up as like, Hey, it's four or five. Or sure, I mean, zero. that still falls under that low to moderate consumption. You just need to know the risks. Yes, that's yeah. exactly right um, for what that is. Uh, all right, so are there, I've heard, this was always interesting to me. Well, right, go can ahead. we talk about the hangover first? Yeah, go ahead. Um, and then we'll talk about the, the big question that everyone has. <laughs> um, because I think it's, it's really interesting, like, what happens to your body. Yes. When you're, And I guess for everyone, again, hung, hang, being hungover is different. Like, some people need to drink 10 drinks in one night to feel... Yes hungover some people can have one and feel the same things so again it depends on the body um but obviously it significantly disrupts your sleep and i i don't 
have like the scientific evidence on this either, but I do think that even one or two, one or two. Oh yeah, it does say even yes. after one glass of wine or beer, it disrupts your sleep. Yes, especially if it's near sleep time. Yeah. Um, like I think uh, you know we have a lot of people using um, uh, like an Aurora ring or like an eight sleep pad or your Garmin watch or your whatever it is you're watching and you're monitoring HRV or your heart rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually sent this this information over to my existing coach and he's like. He looked at he looked at it and he's like, yeah, he doesn't actually drink that much anymore at all. And but he was like, yeah, after monitoring, he was on HRV for three years when HRV started the early coming out there. He's using an early whoop is what they what he's using now. But like he started using that and he would see that like even after one or two drinks of coming back, how much disrupted his sleep was, which we know how important sleep, if anything, I think there's a you almost could put in a bucket that sleep is the most important thing for your health. Proper quality, a mixed between REM and deep sleep, uh, if you could get an hour and a half of REM and an hour and a half of deep, that's considered like a really optimal. Anything above that is even better. So I always try to get like, how do I get two hours of deep and two hours of REM, which is like an excellent kind of mixture. And it means your body had a really good recovery. Mm. And so for professional athletes, they track this a lot and they notice that like, and now of course athletes had the money and now it's coming in the mainstream that just in general, when people are now watching this, like just normal people like you and I, we've had people come back and say, yeah, it's so funny you bring this up, Adam. When I drink even one or two glasses, I noticed my heart rate spikes. Mm. So it's again, so your resting average increases two, three, four, five beats that night. That means that there was a disrupted the sleep and you couldn't get as deep, you couldn't get as recovered. And again, over time, that begins to be an issue where your body can't fight off. Right, low in your immune system. All of those all other things that are there. Maybe you're cognitive levels yes well but one thing that i thought was interesting because some people will say but it helps me fall asleep yeah and they and they did say that that in fact can be true it's accurate yes it's accurate it can help you fall asleep but once you're sleeping it's very poor sleep and very disrupted sleep and then typically you end up getting woken up when that sugar starts to kind of wear off Mm -hmm. is what they were talking about using four or five hours after you fall asleep you tend to wake up from that because your body is going like what's going on here Mm -hmm. and then it's very like light disrupted sleep from there on out it's very difficult to get that there yeah so we did talk about like it destroys your gut bacteria leads to leaky gut all this stuff happens with the hangover um obviously headaches we (laughs) know that because your blood vessels are constricted after drinking and then um, it affects the liver, which already took a beating from your alcohol, but then it makes it worse because then you sometimes are taking aspirin because of your um, alleviate the headache to, of your headache, which then affects your liver as well. Yeah, you know, they one um, there's two things. So if you are going to do it, they did they did talk about how cold water immersion, which I enjoy by the way, uh, after a night of drinking, can actually improve your feeling. So if you do decide to drink, right. And you are hungover, a cold shower actually can move the blood flow faster, which is what the whole, I love cold water immersion period. I do it five out of seven days a week, if not more, sometimes twice. Um, it is like, it's wonderful, but like it's (laughs) the whole episode on that one time, but the, uh, that actually has a positive effect. There's actually research that shows the positive effects of, of that. If you are hungover also B12, uh, which is really interesting. Yes. Folate, uh, folate and B vitamins. Yes. B12. Yeah. B12. If you're taking it. So like take one of those the night before. And also they talk about while you're drinking to not just drink water, to drink water in like electrolytes, like electrolyte packet you would drink if you're exercising that actually helps reduce the damage that's actually there and the effects of hangover. Right. Yeah. I was going to just kind of couple that with, yes, if you are going to drink, do those things that you just mentioned. It does, it did say that it decreases cancer risk. Yes. 
um, but it doesn't completely offset it. For B12. Yeah, in the folate. In the folate, yes. Yeah. Uh, again, it doesn't offset it, but again, I don't think most people are taking that. So again, if you are going to say, Hey, yeah, you know just what? Just being conscious about your exactly. alcohol consumption. Yes. That's, ex- that's exactly right. Um, best option certainly that they talk about is not to drink at all. Right. I think most people would probably agree with that. I don't think there's many people that would argue that drinking is actually good for them. They may argue that it helps. like, I like it. it. Yes. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Right. I'm not, nobody's it denying that. It makes them the best version of themselves. Yes. It relaxes <laughs> them. Like, yeah. Well, really what they're doing, I mean, when, al- when alcohol, when you're drinking alcohol, or any hallucinated drug or any drug at all, what, it, what it's doing is distracting you from that voice inside your head, right? I mean, and we're going to go down the whole spiritual path of this, but it relaxes it. You actually drop below it. Sometimes I would say it depends on the person because sometimes people could drink and they get really in their head, like the guy who maybe has the anxiety. Well, it's usually drinking. the next day. They actually do it to, oh. he does it to kind of escape. I think most people try got to it, relax and that relaxed feeling that you have is because you actually drop below the mind and it, it's kind of just everything slows down. So it's not as rampant as it normally is, and you start to feel a little bit better, you just got to take the edge off. And that edge is almost like a distraction, so it just kind of settles you down from there. There's other ways to do that, by the way. You just Right now, you just that natural tendency is to go to grab a drink, and a lot well, of it's, it's habit. it's also a quick way to A very quick it. way. Yeah. And it's and socially acceptable. And other and, ways are, yes. take longer. Yes. And more they, diligent well, practice. And, and, and work. Yeah, and more work. work. Right. Exactly. Um, but there are, so the question is, is like, hey, is red wine positive? Are there any positive effects of alcohol? Yes, question. there are. The The actual answer is yes. Um, hold on. I know. You want to jump yeah. in? Yeah, okay. The, the answer to, like, drinking red wine, there is a particular... Um, is it resveratrol? Is that what it's called? Resveratrol? Resveratrol. Resveratrol is in red wine and it does actually have some positive effects in the body. However. And that's what everyone talks about. Exactly. It's like that's why they Res- say you drink one or two, yes. two glasses of red wine. Of this, you get that re- yes. resveratrol yes. and it's got the positive effects. Yes. Uh, however, they actually studied that specifically and what they came back in the research was is the negative effects would weigh, weigh, uh, uh, overdo the. You would have to drink so, so mo- yes. much red wine to In order get, to get the, the right, right yes. amount of the resveratrol to actually have the positive effects. That it is actually negative because of how much wine you would have to have. Yes. You'd probably be in that high high consumption. Yes. Um, bracket in order to get enough of the resveratrol through wine. Yes. And there are other ways to get resveratrol through other It's actually foods. through a lot of foods. And yeah. so there's actually a whole booklet out now that, or a whole book that came out that caught, that says the red wine diet without the wine. Mm. And it's, so there's like all these books that are now coming. I say all, like there's, yeah. I saw one, but like somebody showed it to me. They're like, yeah. Hey, if you don't want to drink any wine, like here it is because they really, that's what they were bought into and they started seeing this stuff. And so now there's a way to get this, this, uh, resveratrol, uh, resveratrol, resveratrol, um, into their systems through actually foods instead of those different things. Um, so it, it would definitely, uh, that is not the reason why I do it. Now, again, you go do your thing. I nope. just think it's super, yeah. I, I, I love my, I'm yes. a rosé all day kind of girl, <laughs> but, um, I, for me, this was like super interesting, particularly, the poison thing is like, no. I don't know why that hit me so hard, but I was like, oh my gosh. And then, you know what? Then I do think it's just, you make the conscious decision. Do. do I want to drink poison today <laughs> or do I not? <laughs> right. I mean, and I you can, and yes. there's a lot of things that we do that are not healthy for our bodies and we yes. do them anyway. This is potentially one of them, or we can eliminate this and make our body run more optimally. Yeah. And I think you can also just play with it too, right? Like you like, Hey, what is, what does it actually look like? You know, cause people sometimes they're like, well, I don't have a problem with alcohol. I'm like, how much do you drink? Well, I drink like a glass or two a night. And I'm like, can you stop? And they're like, of course I can. I'm like, I'll do it. Or like, I don't really want to. I'm like, well, you don't want to, or you can't. 
two different things, right? Yeah. And so I think it's like maybe you go test it, like go a day or two and, and see what it feels like, right? I, I typically – um, just in my own life, I usually like to go like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday with zero alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then sometimes Thursday night and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I usually limit it to one glass. Mm-hmm. So it kind of like that three. And that's why I said that three to four. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, who knows? I, it's just, I, I have and been so thinking a lot it, more about it. What is it, it for you about it? Because I know it's not to get out of your mind because that's yeah. not a thing for you. I, th- I just enjoy it. I actually yeah. drew, and I can be by myself. Yeah. Or I could be with other people. I'm, as you know, I'm hardly ever around other people. Know, so like, yeah. it's actually, does I, it relax you or does it, you just like, oh, this is this, the one from the French vineyard. No, bottle. nothing like that. Yeah, like, you know, I like drink that like a Miomi. It's like a $20 <laughs> bottle of wine. Like it's not like expensive. Um, in fact, we went on that whole, that whole wine yeah. tour and we, yeah. we were tasting bottles that were like two or three, $4,000. And I'm like, these suck compared to this thing. Yeah, <laughs> And the guy said that they were too smoky in that whole thing. I just, it was interesting learning about red wines, but, um, but no, like it, I think it's just the, uh, I think it does relaxes my body um, just mm-hmm. because of my body runs pretty sh- strong and I exercise it a lot. And I think that kind of just, it does just seem to just relax me. Yeah. Um, and I can't get, then, then of course my mind always says, well, well you know, Eckhart Tolle drinks a glass of wine every day. Like it yeah, is, we can find evidence to support anything that we want to do in Exactly life. right. I know. Yeah. And it's like, so then I always go back to like, well then like what, why, why is it? And I have asked that like the other day I was drinking just. I had one glass by myself and it was like kids were starting to come home and I was like, I'm going to have my glass now where I can enjoy it without my kids running around. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a relaxed, it's for the same thing with coffee. If I actually start, if I tend to have even two glasses, more than a glass and a half of red wine, I start to, I don't like the feeling anymore. Mm-hmm. It actually starts to like, it start, I don't like it, what it's happening and maybe it's the poison, whatever it is, but like, I don't yeah. like the feeling anymore. So it's actually very easy for me to just to stop. Right, right. Um, yeah. And I don't think about it, but other people, um, that wasn't actually always like that in my life. When I was in college, I wanted the deepest experience that I could have from, yeah, yeah. from drinking well, those for other reasons. Leads, you're like, oh man, I do feel so good. And yes. then you just want another and another and yeah. another, and then it's too late. I think although, <laughs> yeah, it is too late. And then it's just like, you just, you you just don't stay. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, tomorrow's going to suck. Yeah. And that's so why I think for me, like that's where like, it, it's not as hard anymore. I can, I can very easily just have one or even three. Sometimes I just, I pour a glass and I drink like a half of it. And I just mm-hmm. don't, I, there's just no, I'm not doing it to like, okay, I need my glass. Like it's there. It's just very, I don't know how else to describe it. It's just very relaxed and need nothing and enjoy everything. Exactly. That's how you approach it. That's exactly right. And if it gets dumped or like the other day, I just poured one, um, it's maybe like a week or two ago. This is actually before this came out. So it was more than that, like maybe three or four weeks Mm -hmm. ago, my kid knocked it over and I was just like, and it was like the only glass that was there. And Sarah's was like, Oh, do you want me to go to store or get, I'm like, nah, don't don't worry about it. I just wasn't worried. Like it's like, "Eh, it's done. I don't care. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. I left a, I left a glass of wine on the counter I didn't even drink it at all like a week ago sometimes the fact just pouring like, it oh and just like God, I don't, why did I, what's wrong with what you? is wrong with me that's exactly what I thought and yes. Bill even saved it for me I'm like I'm not gonna drink that the next day like the next morning you're yeah. just gonna have that yeah exactly yeah so anyway he, so he doesn't get it yeah no he doesn't so again um just you know curious information it's just I think it's really interesting that they did this long study on yeah, this kind of low chronic which I think I think they talk about that like 60 to 70 percent of Americans fall into this category yeah. um of just kind of low to chronic kind of drinking and, and, and what it is. So again, it's average of seven or more, seven to 12, seven to 14 glasses of something. And they actually looked at everything. It didn't matter if it was margaritas or whiskey or right. red wine or white wine. It was Beer, all basically the same yep. effects. Yep. Now there's some that are a little bit, like when you start adding sugary components to different things, like mixed drinks can have other additional effects on those sure, things. Sure, there's more calories. It's, the it's, sugar is not exactly great for right. some. Some people like, I think it's interesting that you do wine. Like I would prefer vodka because 
well, I do like wine too, but also <laughs> I like um, vodka because it just feels cleaner and I like it better for my body. There's a little bit less calories, but there's like no sugar in it. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah that's exactly right. That's so, exactly you know, right. again, consciously, if I'm going to drink, yeah. what's the healthiest option? It's usually vodka. Mm-hmm. But if I really want to have a lot of fun, it's tequila. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you are going to have that fun, again, B12, um, make sure you're you're doing that folate. And then any electrolytes that you can have, like in a packet, just be smart about it. It'll help mm-hmm. to kind of decrease these type of risks. And, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you take a different approach. Maybe you share this information, but we just wanted to bring it to you because it's, it's, it's out there. People are talking about it. Um, and it seems like it's a conversation about this whole uh, sobriety kind of side thing. And clearly these type of evidence is, is promoting even more of that. Uh, for you know it's kind of still fascinating too is like you stop and think that we did actually outlaw alcohol at one point in time in the united states yes yeah that's what i mean like we actually because I, I don't know the I, look i don't know the whole reason why i'm sure there was some politics involved in it but like yes and there i think there was some r- religious uh, yeah that's probably what it was yeah and, but it. like it like it we did stop it and then yeah. it, that didn't work but because uh, people no. obviously want it so yeah yeah um actually you know vermont was actually one of the biggest prohibition states I didn't know that. Yeah, they but actually had hidden, really they had hidden cell, like a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, it was really interesting. You mean they Because they, they're bringing the, it from Canada and different... Oh, inter- they were the biggest... I don't know if they were the biggest. They were, they were, a lot, they were very well known for... For their underground yes, alcohol yes. production and distribution. Yes, 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 yes. Not yes. proponents of prohibition necessarily. Yes, exactly. That's okay. what I meant. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for that. Yeah. Cool. Enjoy. You've reached the end of another episode of Business Meets Spirituality. If you like what you heard and feel inspired to do so, please leave a review. It's awesome hearing from listeners like you. And remember, never give up on joy.